The object of marriage is to learn and grow from each other, preferably with joy. And, and you can't do that with a clone. This week on The Hitch Podcast, relationship expert, popular speaker, and author, Dr. Noelle Nelson helps us pose the question, would you want to be married to you? Stay tuned. Can you feel it? You've heard me talk about the Hitched Wine Club before. Well, it just got better. We have now launched with our partner, Touring and Tasting, a wine country getaway concierge service for free. So what that means is we can help plan your itinerary, uh, help set up accommodations with recommendations and finding the best rates for you, uh, give you access to wineries that are not open to the general public, uh, complimentary wine tastings, private tours, and more. Even better yet, you don't even have to be a wine club member. But if you want to find out more information, click the Wine Club link on the Hitched homepage. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com, and I am joined with the always fantastic Dr. Noelle Nelson. Hi, Noelle. Hi, Steve. Uh, We today are going to talk about um, the single most powerful marriage revitalizer, which poses the question, would you want to be married to you? Uh, That is... One heck of a question, Noel. Uh, <laughs> where does this come from? Well, when you think about it, Steve, a good marriage, a solid, happy, thriving marriage is not for the faint of heart. Nor is it for people who think that a good relationship is just a wedding. <laughs> I think people get confused. A marriage, a marriage is a moving target. It's it's like a perpetual motion machine, you know? Sometimes it seems all revved up and things are going great, and sometimes it seems like it is going slower than mud. But <laughs> bottom line is that your marriage is always changing in one way or another. And the couples who are happiest in their marriages are the ones who realize that and who move, change, and grow with it. Okay. So uh, a marriage isn't something that's forever handled once the wedding bells have rung and, you know, hitched is all about what happens after the wedding. You know, we, we, we tackle that happily ever after part. Um, but how does your question, uh, would you want to be married to you fit into this equation? Well, it's simple, Steve. It's, it's what I think of as a major wake up call. If you honestly, thoughtfully, Examine yourself from the point of view of your spouse with that question in mind. You may find that it is time to put in some, some effort and some energy into your marriage. Let me, let me give you an example because that's the easiest way to explain this stuff. Sure. Okay. Let's, say, okay, let's say that you're a spender and your wife is a saver. Okay? I mean okay. that's a classic combination, a couple. We see it all the time. But it's also the source of a great deal of friction in the couple because the spender thinks that he or she is completely justified in spending and the saver feels moralistically righteous in saving. So unless there is an unlimited flow of dollars into the family checking account, 
which quite frankly is rare, <laughs> there tend to be a lot of fights around money, right? You know, uh-huh. which, which leads to unhappiness. Okay. Now, if you, the spender, ask yourself in all honesty, would you be, want to be married to you, knowing that your wife is a saver? The answer is probably, mm, not really. Because two spenders in the family is going to lead to instant bankruptcy. I mean, there's just no way. Mm-hmm. Two spenders, unless, again, you've, you've, you're, you're Donald Trump or whatever with unending flows of, of cash. Two spenders is a rest, recipe for disaster. So if you just be yourself in the sort of grandest way and be the spender that you feel you were born to be, and you're looking at yourself from your spouse's point of view, you may think, oh, you know what? I might not want to be married to me. Okay. So um, if if you um, think that way, like, I, you know, as a spender, I, I might not want to be married to me. I mean, what's the solution here? Be, uh, like, turn yourself into the clone of your saver wife? No. Because, frankly, the object of marriage isn't to turn into clones of each other. It's, that's boring and quite let, – let's face it. A saver married to a saver could be a really sort of miserable existence also if they took their, their saving to the, to the absolute limit. Absolute, nothing would be, would be spent, and that's not fun either. No, the object of marriage is to learn and grow from each other, preferably with joy. And, and you can't do that with a clone. However, once you've answered the would you want to be married to you question as the spender, and you've said no, not really, the solution is to ask yourself, how can I better manage my spending so that I would be a more desirable mate to my wife? Mm. Okay. I mean, because you always hear that opposites attract. Um, yes. So I'm, you know, I'm assuming that saver and saver, <laughs> as you alluded to, would could make for a very boring relationship if you never went on vacation and never bought a new <laughs> car or right. – um, so, so it's not an either or, as in I either stay the spender that I am or turn into the saver. Then, correct. It's about and and this is so critical and fun. It's about finding ways to be both true to yourself and be a more desirable husband or wife to your mate. It's it's never an either or. That's the mistake people make is they try to pretzel themselves into something that they are not. It's not the idea. Really, the way you want to answer the question is to engage in a dialogue with your spouse as in, honey, I'm realizing that I don't want my spending habits to cause conflicts between us. Yet, I also want the ability to be true to myself. Would you be willing just such important words, would you be willing to talk about how we might manage our different preferences so both of us can be a better partner to each other? Now, this is not necessarily an easy conversation, okay? But it is one that if you engage in it honestly and with a willingness to work through the process can be enormously beneficial to the both of you. And, you know, Vice versa, Steve. If you're the, you're the saver in the couple, would I want to be married to me? Well, once you get over your moral high horse, you'd probably realize that stashing away every cent annoys the heck out of your spouse. 
And you'll come up with the same, probably not. So once again, it's how, what, what kind of a conversation do you need to have so you can both save, which is your true nature, and recognize that spending is something important to your spouse. Okay. It's and a conversation. I mean, I was, that was going to be my next question, which is, um, so you, so you have this, you ask yourself this question, would I want to be married to yes. myself? Um, is there always a conversation necessary? Because if I see something that, you know what, I, I find that I'm, you know, maybe a, a, a slob around the house or something that doesn't really require a conversation. It requires action. Um, do mm-hmm. I need to drag my spouse into this? And or, or do should is it better to acknowledge it? Like you know, I'm really sorry. I realize I haven't been pulling my weight around the house. Um, I'm going to start doing better, and then follow that up with action. Um, you make a really good point, Steve. Which is that acknowledgement is great, and no massive conversations are not always necessary. What I what I would suggest is a slight tweak on what you just said. Let's say the slob example is great. So you wake up one morning, you realize, yeah, you know, I am a grown-up. I really should handle this a bit differently. And, and you can very well on your own start to be neater about things. So a really terrific way to go about it is start to be neater. And then if you've kept that up for a week or two, then say to your spouse, honey, you know, I realized a couple weeks back that uh, I just wasn't pulling my weight around the house and I've been doing my best to do so. At which point your spouse going, oh, you're right, you have, haven't you? And great delight ensues. <laughs> because if you, if you announce it like, you know, you haven't, done, you haven't made any effort yet to de-slob yourself, right? Uh-huh. But you're announcing, okay, I've, I've recognized I'm not pulling my weight. I'm going to do better. Your spouses like to go, uh-huh, as in heard it before. Yeah. So my suggestion is actions speak louder than words, okay? And therefore, start whatever change it is. Let it, you know, see if you can actually maintain it so you're, you're in a sense, delivering on your own promise to yourself. And then bring it up to your spouse. Now, your spouse may have noticed it, by the way. Anyway, mm-hmm. and say, boy, honey, I, I sure appreciate you seem to be, you know, keeping your socks off the floor or whatever. Uh, thank you. And you say, yeah, I, I, I am I'm making effort. Thank you for recognizing it. But the bottom line is, if you don't have action going, your new behavior may seem like just so much hot air. Yeah, okay. And then I, you know, you, we, we talked about the money. We talked about being a slob. I'm, I'm assuming this what I want to be married to me question can uh, apply to pretty much any area of your marriage, such as sex or punctuality or how to raise the kids and so on. To absolutely everything. I'll tell you, well, here's, one of the, here's one of the biggies that we don't bring up a whole lot, but if you feel tempted to have an affair, your question, what I want to be married to me, should really be sort of a slap in the face. It's like, ooh, no, I, I don't want to be married to someone that's going to step out on their spouse. Mm-hmm. And you might not need a conversation at all for that one. Just, uh-huh. It's just the wake-up call itself sometimes is sufficient. So frankly, I think it's a great question to put to oneself on a fairly regular basis. I don't know, once a year, yeah. you know? Something so that you kind of remind yourself of who do you really want to be in this relationship? Mm-hmm. Your best self, 
your mediocre self or your really trashed, wasted self? (laughs) (laughs) We have the entire range within us and God knows we're capable of any part of that at any given point in time. Yeah. You know, you, uh, I, I, you brought up a really great, uh, point about the, uh, um, the affair thing, because I think a lot of people might think first, not looking inward of what I want to be married to me of stepping out. Their first question is, uh, I don't want to be married to this other person any longer. Um, which leads to if, if you don't want to, like, we've been asking this question, would I want to be married to myself? Um, Mm -hmm. how can you go about telling your spouse, not that I don't want to be married to you, uh, but um, they, are, they are doing things that you feel they need to improve on uh, for your own, you know, help, for the health of the marriage. Let's just put it that way. So in other words, you're flipping it around. Yes. You're saying, uh, well, then a conversation is required, but it, I think it always needs to start out with, here's where I'm at with this. Here's what I'm noticing. And this doesn't work for me. Can we talk about it? Or let's talk about it. Are you willing to talk about it? Because I'm, you know, I I took it off the, the point of the affair, but it could be easily mm-hmm. just be, the, you know, the socks laying around the house, you know. It, sure. It starts, sure. Or child know, rearing or any of those things. Yeah. Absolutely. But, then it's, it's, you know, this is what I'm noticing. That's, that's the first point is take it on yourself. This is what I'm noticing. I'm noticing that I'm uncomfortable with socks on the floor or with uh, correcting the children in public or whatever it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm noticing. And then the follow-up and, and this is, this does not work for me. Are you willing for us to talk about it? Mm-hmm. Okay. That, that, that type of stuff does require a conversation because just to turn to your spouse and say, you know, I hate socks on the floor. Would you cut that out? It's not going to work. Yeah. It may work one day. Mm-hmm. And That's it. it. And I, uh, I know, I know we're, we're the, the, the point of this conversation is not to see how you can get your spouse to do things differently, but to really look at yourself and say, you know, you know, what I want to be married to me. Uh, but to that point, um, it's going to be harder uh, to have this conversation with your spouse about things they're not doing, uh, you know, if if you aren't taking care of your own stuff, so if, correct. If, if you're the correct. one that if you leave socks around the house, it's going to be really difficult for you to tell them to pick up their socks as well. Right. Absolutely. And you're always better off, you know, when you adjust your behavior, when you shift your behavior automatically, your partner will shift their behavior, not necessarily in the direction you want, but any change will create a change in the partner. Yeah. It's just the way energy goes. Yeah. You know? There's there's um the uh, have you read the god I can't even remember which book it is, but it's one of the Malcolm Gladwell books. It's probably Tipping Point. Have you read that one? I've read all of them, so yeah. I don't know which one you <laughs> So, I'm sorry. I I should tell you the so the, he talks a lot about the broken windows theory in that one and for those unfamiliar it basically um it was talking about cleaning up the subway system in new york city and one of the things they did was um if they saw a broken window or graffiti they would take the train off the off the uh off the line so that nobody saw 
uh, the graffiti or whatever. And so everybody always saw a clean subway system. And like you were saying, Noel, bringing this tying this all together is uh, it changed behavior within the subway yes. system because when people saw that it was clean, they wanted to keep it clean. And when they saw right. that it was, you know, nobody really uh, gave mind yeah. to, yeah, the tra- throwing trash on the floor or whatnot, they felt they could do it as well. And it wasn't like right. people were trying to be evil or better or anything. It was just there was an acceptance there that people – you know, consciously or subconsciously recognized, and they they changed their actions based on what they were seeing, and Correct. you know that's- and that theory has been applied. The broken windows has been applied in many cities, and not just subways, but in 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 neighborhoods where mm-hmm. there had been graffiti and vandalism and so forth. And simply by going around and cleaning that up, the level of violence decreased. Mm-hmm. Exactly, it's measurable. And it wasn't because anybody was telling anybody to be less violent. Yeah. It's just, as you said, you know, those small shifts, people respond then to a, the environment because the environment's different. You can do the same thing in your house. If you keep, you know, if, if, if you're the one that likes a neat house and you make sure it is neat, people will be encouraged to keep it neat without your having to say a word. Now, that's not 100% across the board. There's always exceptions. But it's surprising how much impact you can have just by cleaning up your own act. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I always think about when you go, um, into like a specific restaurant that's, you know, fancier than other ones, how your, your behavior immediately changes than if you were, you know, walking into some fast casual place. So, absolutely. Um, and you actually brought up a really great point about how we, we range in spectrum of being terrible to good to amazing. And, you know, we, we've been posing this question, would you want to be married to you? Uh, would I want to be married to myself? And I always think about um, when people talk about what's important to them, you know, you ask them, what's the most important thing in your life? Most people will start with something related to their family, kids, spouse, whatever. And the, the follow-up to that for me has always been, so what are you doing about it? And Mm. most people always talk about it, but the actions don't always follow. And so when I, when I was thinking about this question, would you want to be married to you? Um, it's a great question to ask yourself. Uh, but I think the more important part of that is, okay, so what are you doing about it? Um, absolutely. And absolutely. And and with that range that you were talking about, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a perfectionist in some regards and I'm, extremely competitive and I always think to myself like I want to be the best husband on the planet and not for mm-hmm. any other reason for than like self pride and my my spouse deserves that and I know mm-hmm. it's within me to be that way and so mm-hmm. w- why if I'm not doing that why not and how can I mm-hmm. change it and I think that's a a good follow up to ask in this situation it is it is absolutely you're correct words without actions are meaningless and empty yeah. So uh, go on, ask yourself, would you want to be married to yourself this week? And then follow that up with if, – if you find that there are things to improve, follow that up with action. So that's your, that's your take-home, the more you know moment of the week. 
<laughs> Nicely put. Um, well, it's always a pleasure, Noel. That is going to do it for us this week. So thank you so much for your time and uh, advice. Thank you, Steve. Um, and I want to remind everybody, you have been listening to Dr. Noel Nelson, who is a relationship expert, popular speaker in the U.S. and abroad, and is also the author of nine best-selling uh, books, including her two most recent relationship books, Your Man is Wonderful and Dangerous Relationships. She has a fantastic new book out for the Kindle. It's, uh, it's Kindle only, so don't go to uh, your local Barnes & Noble and try to find it, but it is Make More Money by Making Your Employees Happy. It's a business book that is amazing. So check that out as well. You can get more information at Noelle's website, noellenelson.com. You can follow Noelle on Twitter uh, at Dr. Noelle Nelson. Uh, you can find her on Facebook. Uh, you can uh, read all of her really great information on Hitched. Uh, and of course, uh, you can follow Hitched uh, at all those social media places, uh, Facebook, Google Plus, Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Hitch Media. And, uh, so yeah, that is, um, that's the plugs of this week. So, uh, one last time, thank you very much, Noelle. And I can't wait to do this again soon. Me too. Thank you, Steve. Okay. That's going to do it. Take care, everybody. We know that it's Before you hit the pause button, you may have noticed we have a new intro and outro theme song there. It is from HB Surround Sound. It is called Top of the World, and it is on their latest album, Get Your Dance On. And you can find that in the iTunes store. Again, the album is Get Your Dance On, the artist HB Surround Sound, and the song Top of the World. Thanks for listening.